everyone, and welcome to That Wellness Podcast with Natalie Daring. I'm sitting here today with Adora Winquest. Adora is devoted to offering global ceremony, activating and uniting all kingdoms of life on the planet, plant, mineral, animal, and human. She is a visionary in the field of quantum alchemy, an evolutionary path for self-mastery, which facilitates healing at the DNA level using plant and vibrational modalities. She is also the co-author of the book, Detox, Nourish, Activate, Plant and Vibrational Medicine for Energy, Mood, and Love. Welcome, Adora, to the podcast. Thank you so much, Natalie. It's a delight to be here with you today. So excited that you're here. You know, when I first came across you, parts of me were kind of overwhelmed with excitement, but also with just all of the amazing stuff that you do. <laughs> you have so many, so many amazing specialties and interests and things that really call to me and mm. things that I find that I'm just so drawn towards this idea of plant medicine and utilizing just the elements of the earth of rocks and crystals, essential oils, all of that kind of stuff. It just really, it speaks to me. So I'm excited well, to be able so to, much. yeah, I'm just really grateful that someone, people like you exist that have dedicated a lot of their time and energy to sharing this amazing information that is available to us as humans that many of us don't know. I, I could say, especially maybe in the United States, just because it's not, I don't know, it's not like you look across the street and every corner, you know, you, every corner now here, you see like a hospital or a traditional physician's office, but you don't see a lot of advertising of specialists of your capabilities. So mm -hmm. I'm always excited. So I'm, always, I'm always excited when I get to meet someone like you. Thank you so much. You know, I feel that we are at this time of mood-based discontent, mm. right? This pinnacle of dis-ease mm -hmm. and disconnection that more and more individuals are awakening to this deep desire within to understand that there is more to life than they've been taught or led to believe. Mm -hmm. And, and this to me is, you know, when we talk about modern alchemy, right. And becoming a modern alchemist, which is part of the pathway of the, the soul Institute, it's really taking these ancient healing traditions this ancient wisdom and putting a modern twist on it where it becomes accessible for everyone yeah and that's one of the the commitments of um the soul institute is that we offer this leading edge ancient wisdom but in a modern and practical way that can serve anyone right anywhere they are in the world anywhere they are in their path of awakening healing and transformation with any desire, whether it's crystals or essential oils or meditation or the power of vibrational medicine, all to unlock that potential that we all hold. And I think that's what draws me to that stuff is I feel it, that it's all a part of us already. Mm -hmm. It's just that through the evolution of humans and our culture, we've kind of just lost touch with those aspects of those resources that are there within us, around us, and 
So yeah, I just feel called to it. So I'm excited to sit with you today. And before we hit record, we were talking, you know, through what we wanted to discuss today. And, you know, with me being a mental health therapist, I was really drawn towards the chapter in your book where you talk about trauma and how that is our actually like our path to freedom. And I was really drawn to that. And that's what I really wanted to touch on today. And as we were talking it through, we kind of realized, oh, we could make this a two-parter, which is what we decided to do. So today is part one of our conversation relating to trauma. And I'm just excited to share, again, like this information with the listeners that we're going to be diving into what is trauma and specifically today, you know, how trauma exists at a DNA level, cellular consciousness, how trauma exists within us. And then we're going to be touching on essential oils and what you call like the life pulse and using those modalities to help us release trauma. Yeah, I'm excited too. Okay. So -hmm. before we get into that, I really would love to hear from you. How did you get to this specialty of Mm -hmm. plant and vibrational medicine? How did you get here? Well, like so many of us that find our true purpose and passion in life, um, it comes through some degree of adversity, right? And we we all have adversity, right? All of us walking the face of this beautiful earth have some degree of challenges in our lives. And, and our lives are really this opportunity to excavate that innate sense of empowerment within us and to take those places of challenge and adversity and transmute them into places of light of healing of empowerment and so my journey is no different in that and yet each and every journey is unique and so um, my early childhood I spent a lot of time in nature either walking in the woods or hanging out at the creek catching crayfish or Mm. collecting worms which I know is a strange little habit (laughs) but I did that (laughs) when I was young I think at one time I had about over 150 these wow carry around and that's impressive uh, yeah so so I I spent so much time in nature um because I found tremendous solace there and I felt like I could hear the voice, um, the spirit of the plants, of the flowers, of the trees, of the water. And it was so comforting to me compared to my environment um, at home. And although my parents were wonderful humans and they did the very best that they could in their lives because of their own trauma uh, mm-hmm. that they had experienced in life and generationally, um, but it was a, a, a household that was filled with stress, dysfunction, depression, addiction, and a deep senses of disappointment and grief. And oftentimes when we start to think about trauma and what we've experienced, and we'll talk about the early childhood, our treasure map in a little bit, we start to look at experiences that we have, not just um actual or perceived, but the emotions that are most present in our environment as we are forming in these key developmental years. And so all of those experiences imprint. And for me being very young and being an empath, it was too much for my nervous system, for my emotions to try to make sense of what was happening around me because it was so painful. 
Yeah. So going out into nature was freedom, Mm -hmm. right? It was peace. It was where everything made sense because there was an order. There was a unity, Mm -hmm. right? That uh, definitely wasn't in my environment. And so as I grew up, you know, I didn't know where to put these emotions. It started to build as anxiety, started to build as depression, especially adolescence. And so, you know, I was challenged from an emotional perspective, from a mental health perspective. And for many of us that have trauma, what do we turn to, right? We turn to some form of addiction, whether it's alcohol, drugs, anything to bring relief, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And to find a reconnection to spirit. And so in my early to late teens, I started to have um, not only uh, bronchitis that would come every year from allergies, but I started to have significant pain um, from a reproductive uh, perspective. And so I had these two areas in my physicality where I was so challenged, I knew I had to find help. Mm-hmm. Um, and the the medicine from the bronchitis, right, from the doctor every year wasn't really you know, creating any change, especially when you're having to take uh, cough medicine with codeine, it just really knocks you out and you're yeah. like disengaged in life. And then when I was having severe pelvic pain, again, my MD uh, just prescribed medication, oxycodone. Mm-hmm. So, you know, here are two areas where it's like when you have pain and you're being prescribed medication to relieve that pain, it's, you know, it's a, a, such a welcome uh, experience that then quickly turn can turn dysfunctional. Right. And so I first found herbal medicine from the bronchitis as somewhere I had heard about herbs and, you know, I was 19, I had moved away. I was living on Cape Cod. I didn't have health insurance and I didn't have a lot of money, but I had this book that I researched and uh, found five different herbs, hyssop thyme, eucalyptus, licorice root, and fresh ginger. And I made a tea and my bronchitis healed faster than any time I had used conventional medicine. So I was like, this is incredible. I started making teas and tinctures for anyone that would try them when they weren't feeling well. And in fact, that, um, that recipe, that respiratory recipe isn't in the DNA book because I've had so many people ask for it through the years and it's a wonderful resource. So, so that brought me to herbal medicine, which then of course I found essential oils and Mm. I realized like, this is home. Because one of the things that I did when I was younger to escape doing the dishes after dinner was say I had to use the restroom and I would go in and mix all of my mother's expensive perfumes and powders and lotions into these concoctions until everything was clean. (laughs) So, you know, when we look back at our early childhood, we can often see um, precursors to our path and purpose and passion Mm -hmm. in life. Yes. Um, so, so working with essential oils is really profound. And, um, and I, and then at the, around the same time, I also, uh, started studying vibrational medicine. Now at this time, um, in the mid 1990s, there weren't all of these modalities of energy healing. There was Reiki was the predominant Mm -hmm. one. And I went and, and had a, a Reiki training with a wonderful teacher, John Harvey Gray, who since passed, 
Um, he had learned directly from um, Hi Hiawatha Takata. Um, so, you know, very uh, close in the Yusui lineage of Reiki. And mm -hmm. after he gave me my first attunement, I started to see colors around people. And I was like, wow, this That's is absolutely cool. incredible. Yeah. Uh, I want to know more about this. And why are the colors different around people? Why do they change based on how a person feel. And I thought, well, you know, this perhaps could be very helpful for me from the perspective of depression and anxiety and this feeling where of terror that I so often felt. So, so of course I started working with myself with the energy. And then I thought, I wonder what would happen if I used the energy on the essential oils Mm. And started to create patterns um, of intentionality with them. Yeah. I saw how malleable they were to vibration, to frequency, mm -hmm. and how it created a completely different level of experience, not only for myself, but also now for people that were at medicines for them. Right. So... So I, so uh, this is how I started to combine these two areas based on my own health challenges. And, um, and then at, you know, at this age of 19, 20, I was started having more of the complications in the pelvic area and my doctor recommended surgery and they determined that I had stage four endometriosis at that time, which meant I had, you know, developed that very, very early mm -hmm. um, and probably through the great stress yeah. right, that was in my environment and some of the challenges between my relationship with my mother and my relationship with my father and how we mm -hmm. can kind of create these alliances or triangles that can be very disharmonious. Right. And so when my doctor at 21 wanted to recommend a hysterectomy after I think I'd had about three surgeries to clear the endometriosis, but it kept coming back. I said, Oh, this, this is not the way somewhere I knew within me, I was supposed to have two children. And I said, no. And in saying no, I realized I had to stop taking the pain medication because it wasn't really doing anything other mm -hmm. than causing me greater disharmony. And I had to, I had to take responsibility. If I wanted something different and every doctor was telling me to do this and I knew deep inside my being that that wasn't the way I had to find the way by going inside myself. Right. So of course, then started my journey, many different modalities of vibrational medicine training, health coaching, many um, pathways of instruction with essential oil, travel study to India twice and to Egypt. And, you know, with that, it awakened so much of that ancient wisdom and knowledge that was held within me and of mm. course became the focus of my work. Now, because of that um, major stress and dysfunction in my early childhood, um, that really brought me into focus that with a specialty on DNA level healing, ancestral healing. Okay. Um, and we'll talk about this in a few minutes and, and, and what that means for everyone that's listening, because one thing that is true with great certainty that no matter the degree of pain or trauma you've experienced, there is a path to freedom. Yes. And that you, all of you have the power within you 
to be able to access this and with the, the helpful support of all of your benevolent allies through the plants and vibration and humans and the mm-hmm. uh, spiritual sacred pra- practices, you can find a place of solace, of peace, of empowerment within you. And, you know, when I do my over the shoulder moments to look back on my life and to see how far I've come, it is astonishing mm-hmm. to me. And I know, again, with great certainty that if I can do it, then you can do it and you can do it and you can do it and we can all do it. And when we do it together, we rise together in greater empowerment, greater strength, greater connection that comes through community. Yes. Thank you so much for sharing that. And a number of things stood out to me as you were you know, just describing your, your history and story with getting to plant and vibrational modalities and all of that was one study that was done. I believe it was with water and maybe you can tell me where they, Mm. they had people, you know, sending love and positive energy to one, I think it was like group of water, right? Like this tub of water. And then they, the other group of water, I think the people were, I think saying really negative things, you know, like literally to the water or at least like sending negative energy to that water. And then they tested the molecular and cellular structure of the water before and after. And what they found was that the, the water that was receiving the positive energy and words of affirmation it looked beautiful. The cells looked great. And the bucket or, you know, group of water that was receiving the negative energy was like breaking down. And mm-hmm. as you were describing all of that within your own journey and realizing like it depends on, if, you know, our disease can greatly be impacted by the energy that we are surrounded by, whether it be in our childhood, you know, where we're growing up and with our caregivers who maybe, like you said, were doing the best that they could based on their histories and their traumas and the resources that they had available to them at the time, but also recognizing how it still impacts us as the individual in that environment. And then that we have the power within us to connect with, you know, me being like an IFS therapist, you know, we believe in what's called like the self, you know, that, that wise healing energy within us that we all have, that we have access to that. It just can get covered up based on traumas. And then these protectors that, you know, are within us trying to do their thing to try and help soothe or distract, you know, all of that stuff, but it can ultimately in the long run, even sometimes in the short term, like lead to disease and But just knowing that like we have that power, like you said, to direct that positive, loving energy within ourselves. And yeah, so thank you for for sharing all of that. I really appreciate that. Thank you, Natalie. I love that you brought up the water piece. So let's dig into that for a second, because this can become a beautiful practice for all of your listeners. So uh, there was a Japanese scientist Uh, Dr. Um, uh, Masaru Emoto that did the work on hidden messages within water. And he knew that everything was energy, vibration, and frequency. Now we know from a scientific perspective that all matter is energy in varying degrees. We, We know that 
all matter is energy in varying degrees of vibration. And frequency is very important to how we're able to receive, understand, uh, and even synthesize energy within our cellular structures and brain. Mm -hmm. So uh, Dr. Emoto started his discovery. He said, well, how can I prove what I know to be true about energy, about vibration, about intentionality, about emotion? So he started this study where they took uh, small samplings of water from different areas, first in like city water, then in like a, a natural well. And they started to look at the molecular formation. They would freeze it and then look at it under a microscope. Um, and, you know, the water coming oftentimes from a, a city well certainly did not have the life force and molecular beauty that the water coming from that natural pure source did. Mm. So taking it a step further, then he started to take words, right? Love and gratitude are the two most well-known because those uh, rose to be the highest frequencies, right? The, producing the most beautiful, pristine molecular formations, crystalline in, in, uh, in appearance. Um, but other words like hatred, war, um, produced very distorted, distorted molecular formations. Yeah. And so he did extensive research on this, even took it a step further to look at music, mm. right? How beautiful classical pieces create this gorgeous formation of molecules and, um, and music that had lyrics that were sad or um, angry produced as great distortion. So what does that tell us as beings that when we are born, we're 99% water yeah. as adults, over 50% water, mother earth covered in over 50% water, mm -hmm. right? We are walking beings that are incredibly malleable to our intention, to our words and to our emotions. Yes. And he had this wonderful practice that your all of your listeners can do that they can, you know, pour themselves a glass of clean water, right? Fresh, clean water um, and hold it and just simply say in a water ceremony, water, I thank you. Water, I love you. Water, I respect you. That's beautiful. And how this, this is a, such a reminder of how powerful we are that we can infuse the molecules of water with these intentions and then receive them into our own body to mm -hmm. increase our well-being. Yes. Right? To become more mindful of our words, our thoughts, to start to understand our belief systems that are always operating mm -hmm. um, in the undercurrent of our subconscious. You know, we tend to think that we're making a conscious decision in each and every moment when that couldn't be further from the truth because 95% of our brain function uh, on our decision making comes from our subconscious mind. That's right. And that's, that is a, a tape of every experience you've ever had mm -hmm. in this life without gradation. It takes every experience as factual and it's recorded 
through the five senses, which is why when we talk about repatterning from trauma, the essential oils are so important. But before we get into that, um, perhaps we can talk about our cellular consciousness and how we are walking miracles of innate, infinite potential. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's get into that. So consider for a moment that within your physical structure, you have trillions of cells, right? It's just incredible, right? And each cell is infused with intelligence, it's infused with information, right? Your genetic code. It's infused with every experience you've ever had since the moment of conception, physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. That is, that alone is a miracle. But take it a step further and recognize that each of your cells is also infused with every experience your mother has had, and every experience in that regard, holistically, that your father has had, all alive within you. And then the same applies to their mothers and their fathers down the line generationally. Now, another aspect of our miracle formation is that our cells communicate in a term Uh, known through quantum physics of biophotons, right? That's how our cells are communicating. Well, a biophoton is essentially light. So our our cells are communicating through light at the speed of light. Mm. So for many individuals that say, oh, well, you're a walking light being and people are like, oh, that's hogwash, right? Well, no, that is um, anatomy right? That is your operating mechanism at the atomic level. So from this beautiful and profound understanding, we start to think of all of the experiences that our parents had that we know of, right? The belief systems, the thoughts and emotional patterns, even the mannerisms Mm -hmm. and how those are passed through. And this is so important. Now, also, we tend to think of, well, there was this trauma that was passed down generationally, and this can often link to our heritage, right? Right. So my heritage is predominantly Irish. And so when we think about some of the trauma experienced from this perspective around poverty, right, around lack, around starvation, Mm -hmm. right? So these are energy forms of energy consciousness that are trans- Mitted through the cells in the DNA, mm-hmm. but not as a manner of consistent limitation, right? We don't have to live with the limitation exactly. because we have all of the power within the alchemy of this present moment. It is only in this present moment that we can transform the past and open to a new future from the present based on harnessing the power that is within us, Mm -hmm. right? The Mm -hmm. potency of our intention, the alchemy of the plants, minerals, and other aspects of the world, the frequency and vibration that is available to us, and all of the spiritual forces of benevolence that surround us in each and every moment. Yeah. 
Now, this is really important because uh, perhaps many of your listeners have heard of the work of Napoleon Hill from the early 1900s, right? Uh, it's it's read in, in most um, healing or even psychology, but business schools as well. And one of the things that Napoleon Hill said, anything that the mind can conceive and believe can be achieved. So what does that tell us, right? That it's based on our belief system. Belief system is what's carried uh, generationally. Right. Now, another point that Napoleon Hill would often make is that there are spiritual forces of benevolence always surrounding you. And yet, because we have free will in this life, we have to ask them for help. So when we are struggling with trauma with pain with something that is that we've experienced in this life or something that has been passed generally generationally and this is what i say you know we experience trauma from our soul to ourselves okay right because it's held in our cellular consciousness but it's also held within our our soul imprinting yes so we have this great potential to transform, transmute the limitations of the past so we can become free. That is how trauma is our portal or pathway to freedom, because we are able to unlock the greater life force that is held within the places of darkness and pain and suffering within. But we can only do that by bringing through these wonderful modalities from Mother Earth and also from the perspective of divine consciousness, right? right? Because we are spiritual beings before and beyond our physicality. That's right. And that's so empowering to know that, yes, we have these maybe burden beliefs that can be passed down. And IFS, we talk about legacy burdens. And I, I just interviewed Ann Cinco, who specializes in this concept of legacy burdens and inherited trauma and how it can impact our our systems. And that we don't have to carry that forever. That doesn't have to be a life sentence. Is that if we can turn towards that with self-awareness mm-hmm. and like what you're talking about, turn towards it with compassion, curiosity, inviting that self energy, that healing energy within us, and then also the divine energy, that it doesn't have to stay there, that it can be released, it can be, uh, you know, transformed, and then integrated within ourselves in a in the way that maybe it was the qualities in which we were always meant to have, that maybe that was taking space of, you know, maybe that was joy or playfulness or, calmness, whatever that might is. So I I completely agree with what you're saying. And, you know, I want to make sure that we get into talking about the essential oil aspect of it as well. Can we get into that? Yeah. Yeah. I just want to say one last thing to that, that, you know, I perceive the places of adversity that we have as blessings, Mm. B-L-E-S-S-O-N-S, that the places of pain and adversity as we move through them, always have a gift, a gift of greater wisdom, a a gift of greater compassion. Mm -hmm. And when we're able to transform those places of limitation into empowerment, then we can receive the gift. That's when the lesson becomes Mm. the blessing. I love that. 
Oh, yeah. So, okay, let's talk about essential oils for a moment, because this is so profound. And, you know, through the years as a healer, as an entrepreneur, the past 25 years of working with the plants and having formulas, you know, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of little bottles of formulas that I've created have gone around the world um, to benefit everyone looking for relief, release, greater well-being. Um, it's been such an incredible journey to understand in such a powerful way the connection between olfaction and the brain. Yeah. And so this is where the one context and and whenever I talk about essential oils, it's it's so important to have the purity um, of the plant matter to source organic biodynamic and to know your source beyond anything, because in the realm of essential oils and aromatherapy, um, adulteration is paramount and well over 90% of what's on the market is adulterated in some capacity. Mm. That's a whole other topic. So let's get into the power of olfaction for a moment. So when you inhale the right essential oils and the right formulation, you're literally able to transform your mood and emotion in the moment. Well, how is this possible? Well, when we think of an essential oil, it is a biochemically active um, component aspect of the plant. It is the most volatile aspect of an herb or an aromatic plant. And so um, each drop and, you know, the, the, some of the bottles are very, very small, but all you need is one drop to be put on the palm of your hand and to take a deep breath in because olfaction is the most immediate way to have a shift in emotion and consciousness. And when you're able to have that experience of lifting and shifting your mood in the moment, it becomes a tool for empowerment. Mm -hmm. So, so why does it work in this way, right? As the essential oil travels up the olfactory bulb to the brain, specifically the amygdala and the limbic center that regulates so much of our physiology, but specifically mood, memory, and emotion. Mm -hmm. Well, we're able to make connections here, even release dopamine and serotonin. We are able to not just lift and shift our mood in the moment, but the more that we use the essential oils in this way, the more we build on these healthy habit practices, we can learn to shift the trajectory of our emotional response. Yeah. So those trigger points that we all have, right, that come maybe through a phone call or email, work, family, children, or our own internal process um, of emotion, um, we can really harness that and create a whole new emotional outlook. And we know the better that we feel in the moment, it becomes a stepping stone effect to allow for the greatest expression of who we are to surface, right? It becomes okay. that bridge. Our decision making is better. The harmony that we have within our own physiology mm -hmm. and what we bring to our relationships is much more elevated. So in this regard, I created a modality called aromatic neuro repatterning, where to work with specific aspects of trauma, we can go in and inhale specific essential oils with visualization, 
with intention, with affirmation, right? Because we need to harness the power of the moment, which means we need to be mindful, right? It's not just inhaling as we go, right? It's being very focused in that way that repatterning these neural pathways to have a more positive expectation of future outcomes. The other part that is incredibly powerful with essential oils and rare is that they do pass through the blood brain barrier. Mm -hmm. Now, particularly ones like frankincense that have a higher degree of sesquiterpenes um, work in this way, but Think about that, passing through the blood-brain barrier to offer the full gamut of their phytonutrients to heal and optimize the brain, but also the the blood and all of the systems and organs of the body. You know, this is, from my perspective, one of the premier um, medicines holistically of the future Mm. and how we can liberate ourselves from the places of trauma, either that we've experienced in this life or that we've carried generationally. So we can become the embodiment that we can become the change that we wish to see in the world. And Mm -hmm. so I guess what I'm curious about, because you had just said, you know, you don't just want to be like smelling, like taking a whiff and going about your day, right? Like it needs to be intentional is what you're saying. And so could you give an example of how someone could use an essential oil Absolutely. That way. Okay. So um, I would say that t- depending if you are looking to feel more calm and soothed, if you're feeling anxious, lavender, patchouli are great essential oils for that. Placing a drop, one drop on your hand and taking a deep breath in for about 30 seconds and focusing on your breath, right? Bringing in the inhalation fully. Because we know when we are shallow breathing, we tend to feel more anxious. Right. right? So it's bringing the focus to the breath and having the intention of being fully present, having the affirmation of I am peace, I am calm, I am grounded, I am connected, I am safe, I am clear. All of these wonderful affirmations, you can think of different ones in the moment, and we can talk more about this on our next session. Um, And then when you're done, you know, I recommend taking a few minutes in this, right? Even if your process is just a few minutes during the day or when you feel triggered. um, And then when you're done, smell the oil again, because that, that creates that new memory cell held in your brain. Mm, right. The okay. limbic system is lock and key. So with the first inhalation, you're opening this new memory cell. Okay. You're infusing it with your intention, your breath, a sense of feeling calm and centered. And then you're inhaling it again when you're done, closing that memory cell. How beautiful is it to know that when you want to get back to that moment, you can simply smell that same oil. And like the lock, it unlocks that energy, that emotion. That makes so much sense, right? Because we talk about how scent is one of the strongest memory connectors, right? Like if you smell, I know for me, like when I smell bacon, I feel an emotion of warmth and safety because I remember that smell being present at my grandparents' house a lot. And exactly. Yeah. And so it was like, whenever I smell that smell, it just like, I get this warm, fuzzy feeling. And 
your whole physiology responds. You get that warm, fuzzy feeling. But if before that you were feeling agitated, if your blood pressure was high, it would lower. Mm -hmm. Your body comes back to a state of equilibrium of that emotion, that tranquility, that feeling of being safe, right? That you experience there. Yeah, exactly. So that makes a lot of sense to inhale the essential oil, invite in an affirmation, a mantra of what you're trying to invite and then smell it again to really like lock that emotional memory in the brain. I love it. Makes so much sense. And the oils then become the anchors in your transformational healing process. It's so beautiful. Makes so much sense. I know we're almost out of time today. Do we want to get into it all talking about the life pulse or do we want to save that for next time? I think maybe we should save that for next time. Okay. Because it's a whole okay. a whole technique I want to walk your audience through. Okay, perfect. So you do have a special offer for the listeners. You're offering one free month of the Alchemy Library through your yeah. website, correct? Yes, the one free month of the highest tier of Alchemy Library, which is a wonderful resource of essential oil alchemy, crystal alchemy meditation, and practical alchemy recipes and hacks um, to curate your path of self-mastery all in one place. So it really honors your most precious commodity, right? Which is your time and energy that you don't have to go sur- searching books or down the rabbit hole of social media to find this. So we will share that um, link and you'll be able to log in um, on our website at the soul Institute.co and find that wonderful resource. Perfect. Yes. And I will put all of that in the show notes so people can have easy access to all of that. All right. Well, Adora, yeah, we could keep talking about all this stuff for so much longer and, and we will, we're gonna, we're gonna do a part two and I'm really excited about diving into more of these Mm. tools and just beautiful resources that we have around us and within us. So be on the lookout for part number two. Thank you so much, Adora, for joining me today. I can't wait, Natalie. It's been such a delight to be here talking with you today and I can't wait to come back. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye, everyone.